Hello, and welcome to The Wonders I've Seen, where there's no such thing as weird or normal, there's just different. I'm your host, Tanagra, and today we'll be discussing the fantabulous, spectacular, super kajifachelus expialidocious, magical melanated musical, Netflix's all-ages Christmas insta-classic, Jingle Jangle. So <laughs> grab your liquid nourishment, sit back, and enjoy the wonders. I have never desired your good opinion. People fear what they do not understand. I have a headache. A badge and a gun. Power is yours. Behave. I was just trying to start a conversation. And share the wonders I My nourishment for the day is tea Earl Grey hot with a touch of vanilla and gingerbread Oreos. Judging by that, yes, you do know what time of year it is. It is Christmas or the holidays if you prefer. Whichever, it's getting cold and we need warm things and a lot of bread. So let's get into it. Uh, Jingle Jangle is a musical film that has been in the work for 22 years, approximately 25, if you're going to count all of the production and it finally getting released on Netflix. Um, writer, director David E. Talbot first visioned it, um, started envisioning it when he was about 33 years old after sitting down with his seven-year-old son and trying to show him his favorite musical, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Basically, the little boy started watching it and was like, yeah, can I go watch Legos? Uh, David has told this story in numerous different... I say David like I know him. <laughs> Maybe one day I will. Um, but <laughs> he has told the story in numerous interviews about how he could understand that his child wasn't drawn in because there was literally nobody on the television that looked like him when he had Miles Morales and Black Panther on his walls why would you want to watch a bunch of people in an old timey movie who in no way reflect you or appeal to you sing? And for the first time himself, he realized just how white it was. Now, as somebody who was raised on Turner Classic uh, movies and musicals that they showed on a regular basis, I know exactly what uh, Talbot is talking about. Uh, when people ask me my favorite musicals, most of them are all white. And the one that's not Flower Drum Song is literally not white because they purposely made it about uh, Chinese immigrants to the United States, which like, they're like, no, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to do one musical with people that are non-white. Bam, everybody else is taken care of. And one reason I love that musical is because it's not white. It would have been great if I could have gotten like an all black musical um, that had that type of budget, which you actually don't really see Uh until The Wiz with Michael Jackson, Jackson, excuse me, and Diana Ross, which like, given those names, you know what year that came out. So anyway, uh, Talbot was like, I'm going to fix this. So he started writing Jingle Jangle. Originally, he envisioned it as a Broadway musical, but due to budget constraints, uh, he had trouble getting investors and just couldn't get it picked up. Um, last year or a few years ago, sorry, time, it's, it, time is all together. It's, I'm, we're still living in COVID. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm still living in COVID. So time has little meaning. Um, so last year, maybe two years ago, uh, Talbot had a film on Netflix and his wife and producer, Lynn Sison Talbot, suggested that he try and sell uh, Jingle Jangle to Netflix after reworking it for television. So he went to them, spoke with Scott Stuber and Nick Nesmith at Netflix, 
and they were in for it. And I think my favorite thing about the story is that he says they told him to write his imagination and not a budget. I, as somebody who's a creative, I can't imagine being told that. That'd be like if somebody told me, just imagine your favorite place like that you want to create and we'll give you the money to make it happen. But this is what they did for Talbot. And in all honesty, it works. And you can see not only the expense and the care that was put into Jingle Jangle, um, but how it freed up his imagination to create something that if he would have been told, use a small amount, he just wouldn't have been able to do. And at the end of the rewrite, the budget had doubled and Netflix just said, okay. And so we have this wonderful, magical film. Now, Jingle Jingle is the story of Geronicus, who is played by Oscar winner. Ah, excuse me. Sorry. Okay. A little bit too much sugar. Who's played by Oscar winner, um, Forrest Whitaker. The film covers several years, starting from when Geronicus is younger, played by Justin Cornwell of the short-lived Training Day series, and to when he's older, played by, that's when Forrest Whitaker takes over the role. And that part of the film, the majority of it, focuses on uh, Geronicus and Journey, his granddaughter. Basically, young Geronicus goes through a lot. Um, his inventions get stolen by his apprentice, Gustafsson. Uh, young Gustafsson, who was played by Miles Barrow. Older Gustafsson, who's played with Gusto and uh, scene-chewing excellence by Keegan-Michael Key. Um, I'll be talking about his uh, musical number. And Geronicus loses all faith. Um, then his wife passes away. And he basically just becomes like a deadbeat dad, in all honesty. And young Journey is sent off to live with other family and by herself. And they don't talk to each other for years until Journey comes to visit. So I've said a lot of sad things, but this is a very happy film. Uh, Talbot talks about being inspired that he went to make something that was magical um, in the spirit of Willy Wonka. But when he was working with his choreographer, Ashley Wallen, and with the songwriter, Philip Lawrence, that he still wanted to conjure the feel of Motown and the Minneapolis sound that Prince made popular. I can't even imagine trying to throw all those things in together. But when you hear the first like bass of the... Um, that first hit of bass of the opening number this day with Justin Cornwell and Sharon Rose, who plays his younger um, wife. When you hear that, it perfectly makes sense. And then they start dancing and they're in Victorian clothing and the layers are flying and the boots are flying and the corsets, which I really hope they didn't make those women dance in corsets. The corsets are going and the top hats are there and you're like, yes, magic. And you can't help but just being swept into this magical, uh, melanated musical world of Jingle Jangle and um, fairy tale Cobbleton. There's so much that I want to say about this film that's just about how great the production value is, how great the choreography is, how awesome the songs are, how talented the cast is, most of them coming from 
both a theater as well as a film and television background, which is something that Talbot did on purpose because he wanted them to be able to capture that feeling of being in the moment, which is so well done. Um, The fact that they made it a 19th century Victorian aesthetic, which actually was the idea of his wife, um, Lincecon Talbot, uh, which thank, thank all the gods that she was the producer on this because there's something about taking it out of uh, present time that makes it a little bit more magical and not because we're still in COVID and not because of everything that's going on, but just because it makes it a little bit like over there, that time that I don't remember. And for people who want to talk about historical accuracy, there were black people and a whole bunch of other non-white people in Victorian England, even hundreds of years before that. So I'm not even going to like, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, The Hair design, hair and makeup design by Sharon Martin is also absolutely phenomenal. Um, Sharon Martin actually went and looked at historical photos so of Black women of the time and Black men of the time so that she could ultimately form and design the hair and the hairdos. And I had no idea, but basically everybody is in wigs, which like shout out to that wig maker, whoever you are, because you cannot tell and they're dancing and singing and there's uh, fake snow falling. Like just, yeah. And also just one last shout out to the costume designer, Michael Wilkinson, because he took the 19th century look, which I love. So I I love uh, steampunk, mostly because I just really love corsets. But he took that look and then he took all the fabrics and the bold prints from West Africa. I loved it so much that like the look of it and the feel of it that when I was watching this, I was like, so how long would it take me to make this outfit for cosplay? Like, and you know, we got a while probably till we're going to have another convention. I have at least another year to get all my layers and boots and corsets and hair done, right? Like that's what this film had me thinking about as it opened. If I could find some people who also wanted to perform um this day as an opening flash mob at a con like let me know reach out to me on twitter we can talk about it we probably have a year or more to plan it before we can have another convention anyway anyway i was i loved this film i loved everything about this film i read a few reviews that say that it's stuffed with a lot but it's a christmas movie there aren't like it's supposed to be a lot it's supposed to be visually a lot. It's supposed to be emotionally a lot. The music is supposed to be a lot. There should be soaring numbers. There should be heartbreak, which there are. Oh my gosh. Who knew Forrest Whitaker could sing? He's like, oh, I got an Oscar because I'm such a talented actor. BT dubs. I also trained in singing and have a lovely voice. Like, what? 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 Like, I, I, was, I was expecting everybody else, right? Like, no no big surprise that, like, Anna Kanani Rose, who plays the older version of Jessica, his daughter, like, could sing. She's a Tony Award winning actress, um, which most of you probably first encountered her um, in Dreamgirls. And then again as Tiana in The Princess and the Frog. So, like, yeah. No big surprise. But Forrest Whitaker, I had no idea. Even Keegan-Michael Key, who knew? Like, I didn't know that he could pull that off. I didn't know that he could carry a stage. Like, yeah, I've seen him, like, do stand-up. And, you know, I, I love his shows, watch his films, enjoy his interviews. But that doesn't mean that you can, like, keep up with professional 
uh, triple threats. And I didn't know that he was one himself. Well, okay, I'm not sure about the dancing, uh, but definitely the singing and the acting. And it was magical. His number, um, Magic Man G, with the excellent, that excellent touch of the James Brown moment at the end where he goes down on his knees and then th- <laughs> is covered with, I believe it's a green velvet floor-length cape with fur on it. Then he stands up and throws it off. Like I burst out laughing. It was just like a subtle nod to uh, Black American music culture, but it was done so well. And yeah, I I just loved it. I could bubble about this film for forever. Um, But I do want to talk also about the fact that even though I'm talking about all of this talent and all of all of this, in all honesty, Black talent, one thing that I feel is really important is that people go into this realizing that it's a Christmas film, right? Like, as somebody who is older, as somebody who grew up watching the same films that uh, Talbot did, I am very used to talking about my favorite films and they don't include anybody who's black or none of the leads are black and not because I don't want to see black faces on the screen, but because it wasn't really an option. My standard Christmas film is Meet Me in St. Louis starring Judy Garland. And since last year, I have added Die Hard to that list because I watched it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I know you're going to judge me. And I loved it. Two great films. Um, but like not a black person in sight, maybe in Die Hard, they're one of the cokeheads uh, at the company. Like, which I mean, everybody's a cokehead mostly in that film outside of our hero. But you know what I mean? Like they're not there. Um, when I think of the Christmas story with Ralphie, I don't recall seeing a black face in that. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas, love that film, think it's ridiculous. Um, not a black face in that. Like I could keep doing this about all of our Christmas classics, our general holiday classics, especially in the US, maybe it's different in other countries, but you don't see melanin of any shade, much less black. And I think that something that's really important is that Talbot made sure all the lead actors were not only black, but they were also like all different like ranges of colors of, of black. And then like when they're doing big dance numbers are there in the town it's actually a diverse cast right like yes our leads are black but like every the the background dancers the lead dancers they're all diverse they're everybody from everywhere and i think it's important to remember that like this is this is a new thing as much as i love it this is a new thing um and i say it's important to remember that to like it means so much more um, to people who are not white. I wouldn't even say just to Black Americans, although it does mean the most to us. But just to people who are not white that like, oh, hey, maybe there's a chance for stories to be told that are just about Christmas and people happen to be Black. And it doesn't have to be about like insert the struggle of any underrepresented minority group. It can just be happiness. Um, I read an article that talks about injecting uh, Christmas ma- Christmas with black girl magic. And yes, in every way, yes, that is what this film does. Uh, you get black girl magic with Little Journey played by Madeline Mills. You get 
um, Black Boy Happiness and Magic, uh, played by uh, um, Kieran L. Dyer. He plays Edison, our little, uh, our little, I guess, nerd with his glasses. Ridiculously cute. Um, and then you just have this fantastic cast of older older adults and people who like already have a name in the industry. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention Felicia Rashad as grandmother journey, um, who like, Oh, that might be a spoiler, but I also think it's fairly obvious, but it's also, it's one of those like magical Christmas moments where you're like, Oh, granny, uh, uh, she grew up from being a, a magical, you know, child to an, a magical adult. And she's passing the story down to her children. And I love the fact that it opens with her and it ends with her and this idea of something that you can watch with your family, but also that you can, you know, you'll watch with your kids and your kids could watch with their kids. I hear people talking about films like that all the time. Um, and I would like to think that Jingle Jangle is now going to become one of those. I was really excited to read that Talbot is planning a bunch of spinoffs. Um, and I believe that. I would really love a spinoff that was more of the young Geronicus, um, because like that Justin Cornwell was, I, I did not know that he was, uh, from Broadway or rather, I guess from the stage, not particularly Broadway, but I'd really love more of him and of Joanna Jangle, his wife, more of their story. I'd love to know, like, what was Jessica, Anna Kanani Rose's character, doing while she was away from her her father? Like, what happened there? Miss um, Johnson, played by Lisa Davina Phillip, who, like, okay, so I don't care for the woman, like, chasing after him. Um, she chases after Forrest Whitaker's character, Geronicus, when they're older and they're both, you know, widowed. But... She was absolutely wonderful to watch on screen. I'd love to hear more about her and her life or maybe her new life with Geronica's. Like there's so much that Talbot could do with this world and I want it all. Um, there were, There's even transitions between scenes where the characters are animated. Uh, I believe it's stop motion. Correct me if I'm wrong, let me know. And he's talking about doing more with that, a book or a series. And I'm like, yes, give it to me. Like, it could be Christmas. It could be a spring musical next time. I don't care. I want more of this world. I want more of Cobbleton. I want more Netflix taking these songs and like totally going the Disney route with doing a pop, <laughs> a pop version um, cover of This Day, which had Usher... Ursher and Kiana Lede in it. I want them doing more lyrical videos so we can all long learn the songs and sing them um, during the holiday. Like, I want more. So, yes, give it to me and I will give my money. I, I will support. Um, Talbot talked about his next project also being a big romance, which, like, oh. I, I love romance. <laughs> I love romance. I don't care if it's a Christmas romance or not. I, I love it. Like there's so much positivity and there's so much potential coming out of this one film because Netflix was like, yeah, we can we can do this. We have the money. We can make this magic happen. And Talbot took that and ran with that and made something that will be around for generations. Something that shows that like it doesn't just have to be, you know, black kids sitting there and trying to identify with 
these white people on screen and these quote unquote American, which usually by default means white archetypes, but that that can go the other way. The American experience is not just white. The American experience is multidimensional, multicultural, and we can all connect simply over the emotions of what family is, of what Christmas is, of what magic is. Um, and I, I hope Jingle Jingle has set a new standard. I, I really, I really do. And my only hope is that it can get better. It can get more diverse. And if everybody has to go to Netflix to get their diversity in entertainment, then by all means, okay. Like seriously, okay. Um, so yeah, watch Jingle Jangle. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on it. Tell me if you love it as much as I do. If you don't, you're wrong. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's all the wonders I have with, to share with you today. I know I dropped a lot of names, but there's just so much excellence in this film that every name deserves to be said. In all honesty, if I could just read down the entire IMDb cast and crew list, I probably would. Um, but you can Google that yourself. So uh, if you want to keep talking about this, how awesome Jingle Jangle is, what you, what stories you hope to see Talbot uh, develop outside of these characters, who you want more time with, which characters you want to hear more songs from, um, you can find me on Twitter at Tanagra, G-G-N-O-C. That's at T-A-N-A-G-R-A, Geek Girl Nerd of Color. Uh, for all you Android users, you can find us on Anchor and Radio Public. And all for, for all you iThings users, you can listen in on iTunes and Overcast. Um, we might be up on YouTube, but I'll tweet if that happens. So drop me a DM, send me a tweet. Uh, let's talk Christmas movies. This is the first of many that I'll be doing. And thanks for joining. Make choices and don't throw it up. Happy holidays. <laughs>